Who should you root for this weekend? An injury update with banged up bills and my five predictions for Saturday night against the Chargers are all coming your way today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, this is the last conversation that we're going to have before the Bills face the Chargers on Saturday night in California. And so what I want to do here is have a discussion about our rooting interests this weekend in the NFL. Talk a little bit about James Cook and how he was honored this past week. We'll get to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills on the injuries. Very excited to talk to him about Daquan Jones and his uh, practice window being opened. Of course, Jordan Phillips, Ty Johnson, A.J. Epinesa, Micah Hyde. That's all coming your way. And then my five predictions for Saturday night. But let's start with a little conversation on rooting interests because as you know the bills are second in the afc east behind the dolphins and they're the number nine seed in the afc and so we are trying to get in the playoffs right and there's two paths one is winning the division one is a wild card and so i want to talk about the scenarios that are most important this weekend and so before the bills play the chargers on saturday there's a game before that that matters a lot to the buffalo bills you have the steelers in the the Bengals playing a football game and it would behoove the bills to have the Steelers win that football game. The bills are ahead of the Steelers who are seven and seven Cincinnati at eight and six tied with the bills and having the head to head tiebreaker over the bills. If they lose to Pittsburgh, they fall to eight and seven. And so if you beat the chargers, which we are expecting, you will now be ahead of Cincinnati. So it would be best if the Steelers would beat the Bengals in the game prior to the Bills facing the Chargers. So then we get to Sunday, and there's some games that matter a lot here. Browns-Texans. And this is an interesting dynamic because the Texans are 8-6 and six and tied with the Bills, and the Browns are ahead of the Bills at 9-5. and five. But I think it would be best for the Browns to win this game. And the reason is because the Browns at nine and five with their last three games being against the Texans who are not going to have CJ Stroud, the Jets and the Bengals, I don't think you're going to pass Cleveland. They might only have five losses, maybe six losses when it's all said and done. I don't think you're jumping them. So I think it'd be best for them to just claim that number five seed and get Houston out of here. And if they lose this game to the Browns, they fall to eight and seven. And, of course, if the Bills win, 
they will be nine and six. So I think the best thing that can happen in that game is for you to get ahead of the Texans. So go Texans, beat the Browns. Or excuse me, go Browns, beat the Texans. Go Browns, beat the Texans. Then you have the Colts and the Falcons. Very obvious. We want the Colts to lose this game. So go Falcons. We would love for the eight and six Colts to become the eight and seven Colts. So you get ahead of the Colts. Then you have Jags at Buccaneers. Of course, we would love for the Buccaneers to win this football game and for the eight and six Jags to become the eight and seven Jags. And that would make the AFC South all kinds of weird because that would be the Texans, Colts, and Jaguars would all be eight and seven tied for first place in the AFC South. Cowboys at Dolphins. Our Cowboys, folks. Obviously, we want the Cowboys to beat the Dolphins. If this does, in fact, happen, then the AFC East is fully on the table, assuming the Bills beat the Chargers. Because what we've needed to happen here is the Dolphins to lose one of these next two, the Cowboys or the Ravens. They drop one of those two, and you beat the Chargers and the Patriots. Week 18 is for the division. It's that simple. And so need the 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 Dolphins to lose one of these next two, and their first opportunity is against the Cowboys. So the Cowboys got to bounce back, right? They got taken to the woodshed by the Bills. Now it's time to figure it out and go prove that you could beat a good team on the road. So go Cowboys. Uh, the next one, Patriots at Broncos. Go Patriots in this one. Denver would fall to seven and eight with a loss, and that'd be great. So the Bills already jumped. Denver, but let's let's bury them way down there. Let's not worry about them at all if the Bills do have uh, another loss because if the Broncos win out and the Bills lose one, they'd be tied with seven losses and the Broncos have the head-to-head. So go Patriots. So those are the games where you want to have a rooting interest. We're going for the Steelers to beat the Bengals. We're going for the Browns to beat the Texans, the Falcons to beat the Colts. The Bucks to beat the Jags, the Dolphins to lose to the Cowboys, the Patriots to beat the Broncos, and of course for the Bills to beat the Chargers. Wanted to mention, or I would like to mention here that James Cook was honored this past week with AFC Offensive Player of the Week for what he did against the Dallas Cowboys: 221 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns, some nuggets here on that accomplishment, courtesy of the Buffalo Bills Public Relations Department. He's the first Buffalo Bills running back since Travis Henry in 2002 to be named AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I was a little surprised that nowhere along the way did LaShawn McCoy get it or Fred Jackson or Marshawn Lynch or even C.J. Spiller that one year he was good. It's the first one since 2002, Travis Henry to be AFC Offensive Player of the Week. He's the first Bill. James Cook is the first Bill since Thurman Thomas in 1991 to log 200 or more yards from scrimmage with a rushing and receiving touchdown in the same game. James Cook's 221 scrimmage yards are the most by a Bills running back since Fred Jackson in 2009 when he had 227 against the Colts. James Cook's 179 rushing yards are the second most by any player in the NFL this season. We saw a great performance last week against the Dallas Cowboys, and it still floors me that James Cook is third in the NFL in yards from scrimmage behind Christian McCaffrey 
and Tyreek Hill, and then it's James Cook. Folks, the young man is becoming a superstar right before our eyes, and boy, oh boy, is it fun to see, and obviously we're expecting another very productive game on Saturday against the Chargers. All right, folks, in just a moment here, we're going to talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills, so stick with us. But, folks, i got to tell you, I'm obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience is unmatched. I love it. They bring you food right to your front door. They bring you groceries right to your front door. We're all worried about, you know, what's for dinner? What are we going to get to the grocery store? DoorDash will handle that for you. You're going to watch the Bills play Saturday night against the Chargers. You don't have to worry about what you're going to make because you can just order food from your favorite local restaurants and they'll bring it right to your front door. That's probably what we're going to do. Probably El Vallarta, my favorite Mexican restaurant. Best tacos, best chips and salsa in town. I absolutely love it. And they'll also bring groceries. You know, if you need to get a grocery run in, well, just go to your DoorDash app, pick out what you want. They'll go get it off the shelf and bring it to your front door. It's unbelievable the convenience that it affords you. I got a deal here for you. You want to try it out. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change. Terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change. Terms apply. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble. He's a doctor of physical therapy. He runs bangedupbills.com. You can follow him on Twitter at bangedupbills. He joins us each week to talk injuries ahead of the Bills game. and The Bills are playing on Saturday, and we've got some stuff to get into some good news, some not so good news, but let's start with a player that's been ruled out for the Buffalo Bills, and that's Micah Hyde. Consecutive games missed, didn't practice all of last week with a neck, but he did practice limited all week this week out for Saturday. How are we progressing with Micah Hyde? I think Hyde's making the right, moving in the right direction there, but this comes down to let's make sure he doesn't have his fourth stinger. So if he can get an extra week of rest, which he desperately needs after having the same injury over and over and over again. They want to make sure that he can be ready to go should we make the playoffs or even week 18 where that gives us a shot there. So I think it's just him being a veteran player, him having this recurring injury and them being smart about his usage so that he can be available when they really need him later on. So it's unfortunate, but that's just the reality of these stingers. Once they kind of set in or they happen, sometimes it's hard to shut that that. Um, the pattern off where it keeps uh, getting aggravated again. Well, I guess the encouraging information is that he hasn't been placed on injured reserve, just like AJ Epinesa, not placed on injured reserve. Uh, very similar situation. Didn't pra- practice last week was out, but he practiced in limited capacity this week. Doesn't sound like he's going to play, but he has a designation of questionable, not even doubtful questionable. So what do we have on Epinesa? Uh, he's been trending in the right direction to play, but even Sean McDermott said he didn't think it was likely he's going to play when he was on his WGR 550 uh, radio spot uh, right before the games every week. Uh, like we talked about last week, it looked as though he suffered a uh, rib cartilage injury, which is different from a rib fracture. So rib cartilage is a little bit slower to heal. And there's a great interview from John Scott Spectrum News where it was about a minute and a half. You should go check it out. It's on my timeline. And, of course, John's timeline, too, where Epinesa talks about how it's slow to heal, that if he turns or if he does too much, the rib will kind of pop, where that shows that there's the costochondral junction where the cartilage and the rib meet there. So we tell that there's 
an uh, unstable area there where the rib kind of wants to pop out and it'll pop back in, but they need to make sure that area heals up enough to where it's not going to be too much of an issue. But he notices a lot more when he's rotating, which is a vital, important uh, activity needed for defensive ends. And then of course, the tackling, everything else that goes into that. So it's smart that he likely won't play on Sunday, excuse me, Saturday. Uh, so they can be ready for the games that matter. The two divisional games coming up. Yeah. I, I enjoyed your post there. You have, diagrams of ribs and it seems like it affirmed a lot of the stuff we talked about last week and that it being more cartilage related than a rib fracture see i'm learning all kinds of stuff here from you about the uh, the human body i appreciate that um jordan phillips let's get into him he's placed on injured reserve and some interesting dynamics here a wrist injury had surgery sunday night after the game and then it felt like there was some momentum that he could be back for week 18 against miami He's on injured reserve. He won't be available for week 18 against Miami. So what can you tell us about this wrist situation for Jordan Phillips? This injury has been really weird from the timeline, just how it all progressed there, because we saw him leave the game after sacking Dak Prescott um, late in the third quarter, and he got up and he was celebrating. And he was kind of holding his wrist off to the side at once he realized something was going on. And then he's questionable. We didn't hear anything about it until the next day on Monday when they said that he underwent wrist surgery. Then they got my brain thinking what was going on what happened and we had the next day suffered dislocated wrist mm. now when you suffer a wrist dislocation that is um an issue that requires emergency management in terms of you need to get that reduced quickly because when you dislocate the wrist that's pushing on the, the uh, vascular components of the wrist you know the uh, veins and arteries and also is pushing on the nerves in there so they need to get that pressure off there so there's no long lasting damage such as uh, necrosis of the bone or long lasting nerve damage so when they did the wrist dislocation and i did an article up on my site if you want to go check this out it's suspected he suffered a lunate dislocation or a perilunate dislocation which is basically one of the bones either popped back or popped forward there but based off of how it pops determines which bone is pushing on either the nerve or any of the blood vessels in there so that's obviously why they need to go relocate it and then stabilize anything else in there. I had suspected that he would maybe miss two or three games return to the club, but they placed him on injury reserve. I do not believe that his injury was so severe that it needed injury reserve. I just think that they said, Hey, this guy's injured. He's going to be less than hundred percent. Let's get somebody in here that will be hundred percent or at least can play at a higher level uh, while Jordan Phillips is uh, recovering. So it's more of a roster uh, procedure move rather than a severity of injury move. So it was crazy that all this happened. And my final thought is when he went to go tackle Dak Prescott, his hand actually hit Terrence Steele's uh, buttocks and then he hit the ground as he tackled Dak Prescott. I don't know whether wrist dislocated on hitting Steele or whether it hit the ground, but either way, that was a lot of force to go across wrist dislocation. And um, it's unfortunate, but we've seen Phillips get beat up time and time again. And this seems just like the latest one. All right. Well, last end of last season, he was playing with one hand. So here, here we are again. Hopefully, he can get back. Uh, but speaking of getting back, and this is this is the item everyone wants to hear from you about. Daquan Jones activated his twenty-one day window uh, to practice, and it feels like there's some momentum for him to return. I don't know if that's going to be against the Chargers on Saturday, but there's a chance here. And I'm sure you've been digging into all of this, listening to the interviews. Talk about a boost, right? I mean, you get Daquan Jones back, especially in the aftermath of losing Jordan Phillips. That'd be a major, major addition for the Buffalo Bills. 100%. Now, 
Sean McDermott didn't think he'd play this weekend. And even though he's questionable on the injury report, I do not expect him to be activated. It would be quite a surprise if he could. Now he's 10 weeks and change out from the surgery, which he originally suffered the injury back in week five against Jacksonville. Very, very early in the game, tore his pectoral muscle, had to have it repaired. Uh, so we have seen guys come back this quickly. JJ Watt a few years ago when he terrorized the Bills in the playoffs, but considering they don't need Daquan right now, you elevate Eli Anku and then let Daquan still continue his practice window ramping back up there. Um, at the time of the injury, I suspected that he returned about week 18 wildcard weekend, and he seems like he's on track for that. And they need to make a decision right before me right after week 18 but if they can get him activated right before that window closes there they'll get him ready for week 18 against miami when that's gonna be hugely important and that's in line with what they did with john feliciano a few years ago that's in line with that we've seen around the league with pectoral tears returning back uh, i believe avante maddox of the philadelphia eagles is the same timeline he was activated i think earlier today uh following his uh pectoral injury so we see these guys come back in about three months they're still fairly effective. He's not going to be what he was pre-injury, but he's going to be a huge boost to the defensive line, especially with how he's playing prior. So um, he's been on track all along, and it's great to see him still maintain being on track. Yeah, I listened to his press availability this week, and from what I can gather from listening to him, he feels strong. Like he says, he feels strong. It's just a matter of applying that in football reps. And I'm sure there's – um. There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, he's going to the, the pectoral is going to be part of everything that he does. You know, you talk about defensive line play. It's with extension, with your arms locked out, hand technique, tackling. It's going to be stressed continuously. And so I'm I'm curious to see what the drop off is. Right. I don't know that he'll he's playing at an all pro level to start the season. And I don't know that we'll get that. But how strong can it get? How is he going to, is he going to trust it? I'm sure there's going to be moments where, I mean, you're going to have to stick your arm out and grab something, right? And that's going to stress that pack. It's probably a matter of what confidence and seeing how it feels. I mean, but is it realistic that 10, 11, 12 weeks removed from this, that he can have enough strength there and enough confidence there to be close to what he was? I think the strength might be close enough. They have lots of little tools, things like that, blood flow restriction, and um, just different ways to work the muscle so they can maximize the strength without having to overstress the healing surgical site. Uh, confidence might be more the thing, which if he has another two weeks of practice, I think it's going to help build his confidence. Uh, he also does have the shoulder harness that we've seen plenty of guys wear over the years uh, for labrum tears and pectoral tears and everything else. That's going to limit his range of motion. So if he does kind of get his arm too far out away from his body it's not gonna get so far out that it suffers another tear in there so he has some um uh, guidelines or you know something in place to kind of prevent him from hopefully re-injuring this area but it's gonna probably come down to more confidence but he has been through this before in some sense he tore his uh, biceps uh, tendon uh when he was the tennessee so those are different injuries but if he can trust that the surgical site's going to hold that he can go out there and play and not be at an all pro or even pro bowl level, but if he could still be better than maybe even what Jordan Phillips is, then yeah. we got a winner. Uh, last one, Ty Johnson, who's become a bit of a darling here uh, lately since Joe Brady took over this offense. He's had a role. I was watching the all 22, Kyle. He's playing tight end. Five snaps of tight end as a play slide blocker against Dallas. I was, my, I was, my mind was blown. So he's become an important little X factor for this team. And we saw him uh, have a shoulder uh, deal against Dallas. I, I'm not mistaken, he finished the game, practiced in a limited capacity all week long, designated as questionable. Your thoughts here on Ty Johnson? 
he's the only really true questionable on the uh, the injury report just because it looks like his AC joint. It was surprised that he was even able to come back and still play fairly effectively uh, despite what appeared to be the AC joint. So it might come down to can he feel like he take a hit? He's obviously going to get some type of pain injection to the area. He's going to probably get some type of bracing if he needs, especially with the nature of the running back, you know, delivering the blows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it might just come down to how he feels on Saturday. Uh, it, you know, he doesn't have a full week to recover. Obviously, they do have Leonard Fournette to call up if they need to. They still have Latavius Murray on the active roster to go off of that. Uh, we know that Johnson isn't going to be the primary back, and he doesn't need to be in this offense, but he's been a great uh, darling, as you said. So it might come down to just how he feels. Um, common sense would say sit, but he's a competitor, and he knows if he sits and gives you know Fournette yeah. or anybody else a chance yeah. to his reps, he might not get that back. So I feel like he's going to play just because this is his opportunity to show what he has. Uh, we'll we'll see on that. I know that there's some folks out there that are intrigued to see Leonard Fournette. D- just give me all the Ty Johnson I can get, right? I, that's what I want. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously you got to play it smart there, but there's, the, there's that side of things, right? Jobs are on the line. You, you let somebody else do your job. They do it at a level that intrigues everyone. They're going to get more chances. So, uh, that's going to be an interesting decision to monitor, obviously from the charger side of things, Justin Herbert out, Joey Bosa out, uh, Keenan Allen out, Mike Williams out their starting center out. I mean, they're, they're in trouble with their injuries and hopefully the bills can, Get through this one like we talked about short week in Los Angeles, and then it's Patriots week before the big one against the Dolphins. Hopefully uh, these lists get a little bit shorter and get through this thing healthy and not suffer uh, a big injury like we've seen so many teams suffer along the way here later in the season. Dr. Kyle Trimble, thank you for sharing your expertise, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros, including Sharks. It's just you against the numbers. Here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less than their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. You know you're going to be watching the Bills on Saturday night. So why don't you pick a few players from there that you want to go more or less than their projected stats. There's hockey games, there's NBA. You can splice it all together to get the entry that you really love, and it just makes all these sports that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, it's prediction time here on the podcast. I got five of them for you here today. But before we get there, I would love to invite you to join the Locked On Bill subtext community. We are having fun over there. Here's what you get with the Locked On Bill subtext community. You get one-on-one text messaging with me. So if you want to talk bills, I'm a text message away. That's super fun. Love interacting with all the listeners that are part of the subtext and talking bills. And you guys inspire me all the time. You guys give me really good ideas and uh, love, love being able to do that. You get my in-game analysis. So whenever the Bills are playing the Chargers on Saturday night, I'm going to send out a text, usually after every single drive, letting you know what I'm seeing, what I'm thinking, what I'm hoping to see. Uh, that's been really cool as well. You get my first reaction to all Bills news. So whenever the, something happens with the Bills, I send out a text to everyone, let you know what I'm thinking. And you get into our Discord channel, which is more of a group text, a community of people where we talk Bills, NFL, Sabres, 
all kinds of stuff in there. And that's also where I put my all 22 review film clips. So as I'm studying the tape, I uh, put clips in there all the time, just kind of talking through plays, what I'm seeing. And that's been awesome as well. So check it out. If you want to join, there's a link in today's show notes. So if you're on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this podcast, click on the show notes. You'll see a link to join the subtext community. Also, I know that it's not available for our international audience, but I do have a way for our international audience to be part of our Discord channel, and I'd love for you to do that. If you'd like access there uh, for the same rate as our subtext, shoot me an email, joemarino65 at gmail.com, and we'll get you into our uh, Discord community, and you can be part of what's going on there. All right, predictions here. I got five of them for you. Weird game, right? We've talked about it all week, just weird dynamics interim coach, new defensive play caller, uh, Easton sticks the quarterback. They're without a bunch of players. Short week for the Bills on the road. Chargers got extra time. And so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to lean into four FanDuel props that I love. And then, of course, I'll predict if the Bills will win or not. So these are all FanDuel props that you can get in on right now. Number one, Josh Allen. I am smashing the over on 243 and a half passing yards. I'm expecting a big game from Josh Allen. Big game. This is his first game all season that's in a covered venue, right? Every game has been outdoors, every single one. This is his first time he gets a chance to play in a covered venue. And I think he's going to take advantage and have some big time big time numbers. And look, I mean, even the last few games have been kind of dicey when it comes to weather. Think about the Eagles game. We had rain against um, uh, the, the Cowboys. I feel like the Chiefs, there was some, was there some weather there? I'm not, I can't remember. But the bottom line is you're going to have a controlled situation. There'll be no wind. There'll be no rain. I think Josh Allen's going to throw the ball all over the yard. So put me down for over 243 and a half passing yards against a pretty poor uh, Chargers pass defense. Number two, I'm also going to smash the over on Josh Allen passing touchdowns. They have it at one and a half. I think Josh Allen gets two or three passing touchdowns in this game. Um, He's kind of been light in the passing yards, passing touchdown department lately. I think he's due for a monster, monster game throwing the football. So north of 243 and a half passing yards, north of one and a half passing touchdowns. The next one, and you know this one's coming. James Cook, we're riding the overs here on the receiving yards. Now, they're going up. So we started doing this three weeks ago. It was 19 and a half. They put it up to 23 and a half last week. Now it's 26 and a half against the Chargers. That's still not high enough for me to come off of it. Smashing the over on James Cook getting more than 26 and a half receiving yards. I think there's some matchup problems that he's going to present to the Chargers, whether it's their linebackers, Kenneth Murray or Eric Kendricks, their safeties, Derwin James, Aloe Gilman, slot corners, don't care. I think James Cook's going to have north of 26 and a half receiving yards. Number four, I'm going back to Stefan Diggs. I, I just feel like he's got a big game coming as well. Over 67 and a half receiving yards. Um, I think this is a very important thing to happen. Like I think the Bills got to get it going with Stefan Diggs again. And I think that needs to start this week and really build it up going back into the playoffs. He started off the year hot, 500-yard games in the first eight, and then, I mean, he's been struggling to get 50 yards, really, for the last five, six weeks. Um, I think that changes this week. There's got to be an emphasis on Stephon Diggs being a catalyst for your offense once again. I think that starts Saturday night against the Chargers. 
put me down for over 67 and a half receiving yards against the Chargers. And then lastly, I'm predicting the Bills win this football game. Um, you know me, I'm real honest about every team that the Bills face and the path that that team has to win a game. And I think that absolutely exists for the Chargers. I think if they can take care of the football, if they can be opportunistic on defense, maybe get Easton Stick going in the run game, take advantage of their advantages being uh, new coaching staff, right? There's typically that one-game bump that I've talked about with the Bills coming across the country on a short week when you have extended rest. There are things that are in the favor of the Chargers in this game, but I just don't care. I, I That stuff can't matter. We're talking about the Chargers without their starting quarterback, Justin Herbert, against a quarterback that's now in his second start in his NFL career. They don't have their top two receivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, not playing in this game. They're without their starting center, Corey Lindsley. They're also without his backup. They're down to their third string center, Joey Bosa, one of the best defensive ends in the entire NFL, out for this game. I mean, literally, we're talking about one, two, three, five of their best six or seven players. You got to be able to overcome some of these weird dynamics in this football game. Take care of business. Get back home and play the Patriots and uh, take care of your business there and go play for the division in week 18. Of course, needing the Dolphins to lose one of Cowboys and Ravens the next two weeks. But that equation, that equation for you to win the AFC East and get into the playoffs, you can't lose the Chargers. You can't do it. I think the Bills will take this game very seriously. I think they're to come out with a big win on Saturday night. All right, folks, the haze in the barn. We've done all we can here on this podcast. We just need the Bills to go win this game, and then I'll be right back here for you. I'm going to do post-game podcast, of course. Like, I'm not going to make you wait. I know that it's going to be Christmas Eve, then Christmas Day, but I'll stay up on uh, after the game. We'll do both the Bleacher Report stream, so I'm going live on Bleacher Report right after the game, and then we'll get you the post-game podcast that you can enjoy uh, on Christmas Eve or you know whenever it kind of fits into your schedule. And then I'm going to do my best to have a very normal week uh, next week here on the podcast. So there'll be daily content for you. Um, kind of this typical stuff. I'll certainly be mindful of Christmas. I promise you, I promise you, I will not neglect my family. I never would do that uh, for, for this, but as I can fit it in, I'll make sure that I um, give you the podcast that you guys um, have been accustomed to getting this week. So uh, all that's coming your way, the normal stuff. So looking forward to all of that. Make sure that you're subscribed. Would love if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great weekend. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again after the game.